Ephesians 5, 21-33. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is profound and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church however let each one of you leave his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband Let's go ahead and pray together, friends. Father in heaven, it is our desire to glorify you with our lives because we recognize as we submit ourselves to the authority of your word that what you say about us and the purposes for which you created us are what give us joy and meaning and so we recognize Lord that our gathering today as followers of Jesus is about recentering hearts and minds around who you are and what you've done so Lord we, we give ourselves to the truth that you are an amazing holy altogether perfect creator of all. And we recognize that, that we're a piece of that. And we ask that you would use us toward that end, Lord. So we submit ourselves to the authority of your holy word in our lives, asking that your spirit would open our eyes and soften our hearts. Lord, we ask that you would Show us Jesus, that you would teach us the gospel, that you would make us your people. So that our time in the word today would give us a vision for caring for our spouse, for submitting ourselves to our husbands, for sacrificing first in love for our wives, that, that marriages and families and children and, and generations after us would call you, Lord, because of our time together in the word today. Lord, we trust that your word can do that in us for the sake of demonstrating your power and glory. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And I'll say this first part slowly. There are a number of areas in our lives 
where we Christians could say that it has been to our detriment that we have listened to and fallen prey to the world's voices. But perhaps few are as detrimental than the voices telling us what it means to be a man or a woman. Few voices comport with and accord with and come out of the truth of the word. And they're only worth listening to to the extent to which they reflect the truth there. So I'm playing my cards early, meaning this. If we follow Jesus, it's because the word of God lived in Jesus and written in this book is our authoritative voice for what it means to be a man or a woman, which means that all the world's voices and advertising and legislation and clever social justice memes and hashtag activism and scientific learning and corporate-sponsored retraining programs are only true and they are only helpful and they are only for our joy and good insofar as they reflect the truth contained in the pages of God's word. This book tells followers of Jesus who they are. It tells us who we are, why we were created, and how it is that we best enjoy a fruitful, God-honoring, and frankly, even a personally fulfilling life. And it is very much to our detriment to the detriment of our spouses and our families, to those around us, it's very much to our detriment if we usurp the authority of the word of God in our lives by seeking power for self. <laughs> that frankly, not a single one of us can handle with the kind of integrity it deserves. Which is why today's countercultural message of submission in Ephesians 5 is so important to learn. We all submit to someone, something. We were made to worship, Scripture tells us. And so our submission is a reflection of how we were made. We are people who are always in submission to someone or something, an idea, a cause, an institution, a person, to a group, to, to something or someone. Regardless of how we think about it, how we feel about it, we are all of us at all times in submission. And so here in Ephesians 5, a subset of that truth of who God made us to be as worshiping beings who are always in submission to another kind of authority. A subset of that, as we talk about here in Ephesians 5, is a wife's submission to a husband. You see, friends, a wife's submission, as we'll learn today, it isn't a weakness because of lack in herself or because of a, a strength in her husband, but rather a willingness to give herself to building up her husband. 
A wife's submission is not a weakness that's rooted in some sort of lack in herself or a strength in her husband, but rather a wife's submission is willingness to give herself to building up her husband. Jump in with me at Ephesians 5 where we'll start with verse 21 where we pick up mid-sentence in the same place that we did last week. Verse 21 starts like this. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ from our honor of and our love for Jesus, as we said last week, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ is a model for our relationships because submission mirrors Christ's sacrifice for the church. Paul, at this point, is speaking to all in the body of believers, to all the church here in verse 21. And he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ is a model for all of our relationships because submission mirrors Christ's sacrifice for the church, which is why even though it may seem like this submission to one another thing is kind of out of nowhere here in Ephesians, it's really not because it is in keeping with what is perhaps the main theme of the entire second half of Ephesians, that we build one another in love, we build up one another in love, and we grow into greater Christ-likeness. How? By submitting to one another. Now, while submission is not a cool word or a concept in culture today, certainly not when it comes to talking about what it means to, to be a wife, our submission is absolutely part and parcel of how God builds up those around us. Think about it. Part of how we preach the gospel of God's undeserved grace to one another is by preaching that undeserved grace in a way that selflessly takes account of the needs of others by submitting to the idea that another's growth should matter to us. Just look at Ephesians 4.15 from our memory verse that we have been uh, saying together at the end of each service in the second half of Ephesians here. It says this. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 15. It says, Speaking the truth in love which, think about it, has to be a form of speaking that is to others around us. How do I know this? Because the next word is we, plural, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Speaking the truth in love, we, the body, grow up to become like Christ. Meaning, in the body of Christ, we are built up when we speak the truth of the undeserved grace and blessings of God to one another in ways that account for one another, in ways that submit our words, our speech to that goal of another's growth. And while this may sound crazy in comparison to, to modern worldly visions of what it means to be a man or, or especially here a woman, Paul is teaching us here that this is exactly what those who have personally and deeply experienced the love of God that's extended to them in Christ, this is what they do. This is how they speak to build up those around them. It's just like we said last week, 
we submit to each other not because we are worthy of it, but because of our love for Jesus, because we treasure his sacrifice for us. We understand deeply and intimately what he has given to us in, as Paul says at the beginning of Ephesians, in giving us every spiritual blessing in Christ. So we submit our agenda to make ourselves look good and to one-up others and to seek worldly power. We submit our agenda for self to the agenda of building up others and making them strong. Why? Because if you understand the heart of the gospel, you understand that Jesus sacrificed to make you strong when you weren't, Romans 1 calls the gospel the power of God for us. Jesus sacrificed to give you what you need. So because we have what we need, we can extend to others what they need. That's just a basic thing about the Christian life that those who deeply understand the gospel of grace treasure as an opportunity to give to others. And submission is a key piece of thinking about speaking that truth in love, of, of using that grace given to us in Jesus for the sake of the growth of others. So, while submission may sort of seem like, how does this get in here in Ephesians? It totally makes sense because it's an extension of the gospel of grace. And so Paul applies that important lesson here to wives in Ephesians 5, especially the next three verses, 22 through 24. Jump in. It says this, verse 22. He says, wives, meaning those who are married, listen up, wives, submit to your own husbands. How? As to the Lord. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, meaning in a way, in a manner that fits with and that mirrors the way you wives submit to the Lord. Now, Paul uses this word submit here three times in three verses, twice applied to wives specifically, to speak of the idea of, of placing themselves under their husbands. The word submit here means to place oneself under the authority of, of someone or something, as we said earlier, uh, whether it's a person, idea, an institution, uh, some other sort of governing authority. And, and here's how I remember what this word submission means. Think about this word sub Mission. Sub meaning under, like a submarine, under the marine, <laughs> the water. And then mission, as in like a purpose, a goal. We here at First Christian say our mission is helping people find and follow Jesus. So when you become a part of us, you become a member, a part of this body, you have said, I submit myself to the mission of this local Body. So when I submit myself to someone or something or to the Lord, I place my mission under that someone or something, or in this case, under the authority of the Lord, and as a reflection of that, the husband. Now, why would any wife do this? <laughs> well, not because the husband deserves it or is good enough or has made enough money to keep you financially or materially secure, but... Because of this, verse 23. Look at the next part here. Paul says, For the husband is head of the wife, 
The word head here means authority. So Paul is saying wives submit to husbands because the husband is head of the wife, because there's an authority structure that has been set up by God for his purposes and that cannot and should not be uprooted by modern voices or your own fears, right? For the husband is head of the wife, even as, just as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. The husband is is head, is authority, as Christ is head of his own body, which is to say that the husband's authority, his headship in the marriage is rooted in Christ-like sacrifice that leads his wife to greater holiness. That's what we talked about last week. So, headship in a marriage is not, not merely something that comports with the extent to which he is Christ-like, like your submission to him is paralleled to the extent to which he is like Jesus, but it's rooted in the same kind of sacrifice of Christ that gives first for the sake of the body becoming who God created it to be. And so it's rooted in that same thing. And then Paul gives again a word to wives. Now as the church submits to Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should should submit in everything to their husbands. Now submission is said to be in everything here. Now this isn't a, a limitless in everything because it's constrained by what came before about authority being rooted in Christ-like sacrifice and not necessarily by the perfection of the extent to which that sacrifice of the husband parallels Christ-like sacrifice. So it's said to be in everything, which doesn't mean it's limitless because it's constrained by what came before about the authority being rooted in Christ-like sacrifice and by the ultimate lordship of Christ. But at the same time, it also isn't a submission that, as we've already implied, only places itself under the omission of a husband's growth if that husband is good enough to earn it. Track with me, just like the wife's salvation is not deserved nor earned. So this doesn't mean submit to abuse just like it doesn't mean only submit if he's Christ-like enough. Now, jump down to verse 31. We used those middle verses to speak to husbands last week, so you can go back and look at that. But jump down to verse 31, where he's speaking about some of the foundational stuff of why God's given us a spouse. Why marriage? And what does this have to do with building up one another in the church. Look at verse 31 and following. He says, therefore, press pause, meaning because of the purposes of God in creation, because God made you to communicate his goodness and glory, because of those things, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The two become one. There's a togetherness and a unity that creates a new thing, out of what was two different 
things. Which is to say, friends, going all the way back to God's purposes in creation, your marriage is not about your happiness. Your marriage is about the same thing that all of the giftedness and talents and abilities and resources we have that we call our own that are really God's. Your marriage is about the same things. Communicating through the one new unified people a marriage. Your marriage is about God communicating through the two of you something you cannot apart, meaning the selfless love of God that does something that the world can't, builds up those around you so they become who God created them to be, so that they become holy, so they become Christ-like, so that that marriage is under the mission of what God's doing in the world to communicate his goodness. It's just like what God's doing with the church that we've been studying throughout Ephesians. He's building a new people, a new unified humanity that communicates something about God together that they couldn't and that they cannot apart. This is why he says this in verse 32. Keep reading. This mystery, this mystery about what I'm talking about, it's profound, it's deep, it's hard to get at, but I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The mystery about marriage even is that this is about Christ and the church. Your marriage is not about you. Your kids are not about you. Your gifts and your talents and your abilities, the resources of life that you call your own, the context of all your relationships have never been about you. So the world that tells you manipulate it all for self as if it's about you will end up in a misery that can't possibly bring you the joy of seeing God communicate his goodness through you like in a marriage. He's saying, can't you see what I'm talking about, Paul says here? This church, your marriage, your children, your family, this church and your marriage, these are all things, these are contexts within which God makes you his own. He teaches you about his own love and from which he communicates himself to the world. Think about that amazing vision that God has for himself in the world and through you and your marriage. This church and your marriage are contexts within which God makes you his own. He teaches you about his love and from which he communicates himself to the world. What greater purpose and meaning can you have than being used of a holy and perfect God, of being an imperfect, broken, weak vessel who understands the power of God given to us in Jesus that gives us the strength from that weakness to submit ourselves to the needs of others. That's an amazing vision. None of us would have come up with. So friends, this is, this is the vision to which he calls us in our marriages. And he closes 
with a reminder, a summary that's applied to both husbands and wives in verse 33. He says, however, don't forget, let each one of you love his wife as himself, obviously speaking to husbands, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Paul throws in this word respect here. Submission throughout here becomes respect in verse 33, meaning respect for the authority of the husband is, is placing oneself under the mission of building him up. Friends, these are hard and deep truths that if we'll, if we'll wrestle with, if we'll ask for God's leading in through his spirit, if we're soft to hear him speak to us, he will lead us in ways that communicate his goodness and glory. So let's wrestle with these truths together. Let's think about this together and check out this week's application and takeaway questions. Friends, we here at First Christian Church, we're passionate about caring for marriages and families. We want to strengthen husbands and wives so that those relationships can become a place where God communicates his goodness and glory. And I want to offer something to you, but first, a word of warning for us, for us all, really. In the same way that Obviously, some husbands are, are bent on abuse of power for self in a way that hurts instead of helps. Some wives are still so bent on manipulating their husbands into a romanticized mental picture they came up with in high school that they are unaware that they have long since abandoned God's work of helping him become who God created him to be and not who you expect or want him to be. So friends, if you're a husband refusing to love your wife by sacrificing first to make her holy, or you're a wife refusing to place yourself under the mission that God's given you of building him up, friends, for the sake of your joy, for your spouse's good, for your children, and for the glory of God, be man or woman enough to ask for help, to send that message to fill out the Connect card, to seek the support of a body of believers who passionately wants to share the goodness of God with you 
and to lovingly come alongside you. We have a a very well-developed marriage ministry that's all about strengthening marriages, and we'd love to help you. Let's pray, friends. Father in heaven, we recognize that you have given us a vision for our lives and for our marriages that we so easily usurp to make about self. So we ask that you would correct us, teach us, that we would continue to give ourselves to your authority. We would place ourselves under your authority. Even as we place ourselves in the of our husbands or we sacrifice first so that our wives would become 